0: Good morning, my name is Pastor Nate, I am one of the pastors here, and Pastor Kent could not be here again for the second week in a row, they're dealing with some quarantine stuff, and I know he wants to be here so bad, if not for one thing, just just for one thing especially, and that is to talk about what is unfolding in the AFC West, so for t- this week you guys are saved but I can't promise anything next week he will be back next week and right up here on stage so I'm sure I'm sure you're going to get to hear it so <clears throat> when I was in 5th grade I rode my bike with a friend across this long field to school every day back and forth and see when I was a kid especially from a young young age I was obsessed with my bike Especially to jump my bike. It was my favorite thing in the world from when I was little, my dad would set up bricks and and boards and let me get ahead of steam and jump it. And I probably got three inches off the ground, but man, it was the it was amazing. It just felt like freedom to me. So in the fifth grade. This field was getting turned into a subdivision, and it was kind of hilly, so they had those stair steps. There would be one house, and then the dirt would kind of come down in the next house, and I don't know um, the rules for rise and run for safely doing that and compacting the earth, but in my little fifth grade point of view, I felt like I was just looking up at heaven. And this Someone at some point had built a little ramp off the top of one of those things. And so, give you a little bit of a backstory. A few months before that, I was given every boy who loves to jump his bike the next level. And I was given a dirt bike. And I learned one important thing from that dirt bike is when you go and ride your dirt bike, you never invite your mom to come watch you. <laughs> because even though they told me to take it easy and not to do any crazy jumps and get used to it, there was one jump, and it was right where they were parked at. And I hit it with a full head of steam, and it was a nice, successful jump, and it was, it was freedom. And all I remember is looking over while in the air, and my mom had her hands on her, her face like this, And two days later, someone came and bought my dirt bike. (laughs) So that part of my freedom, that next level was taken away. So every day riding to school, I was faced with the only other possibility to getting that freedom back. And one day, one day I took it and i remember backing all the way up to the fence and getting a full head of steam and launching off that thing and it was it was awesome until right before i landed i looked down and realized something was terribly wrong and i don't know if i was trying to push my bike faster or whatever but my thumbs were above my handlebars for some reason and there was no time to correct it before i landed And as soon as I landed, my handlebars went sideways. The blue sky became brown dirt and the brown dirt became blue sky and over and over and over until I finally stopped a bloody skinned up mess. But I'm telling you that decision to take that jump was so worth the cost. (laughs) After some MacGyvering, me and my buddy, at least Got it to where my bike could make it to school, and we we made it to school on time, and I was a skint-up, bloody, muddy mess, but it was it was awesome. So every every day we we are faced with decisions, some like that, but most of them are small. And depending on which way we go with each and every decision, big or small, can have lasting effects on our life. And we see that in Mark chapter 10, Jesus has got done doing, just got done doing a set of teachings. And as he is leaving, a man stops him. So we'll start with verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher. He asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Verse 18, Jesus says, why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except for God alone. And we're going to stop here because this kind of seems like a strange reply and maybe a little harsh from Jesus. But one of the great things about Mark is Mark unfolds Jesus being, in fact, God. And so this is just one of those things. And Jesus stops the man and says... Do you realize what you're saying right now? You're in fact telling me that I am God to you. Do you realize that? Do you know that? And then Jesus goes on in first, verse 19. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give te- false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Now this, of course, are for the Ten Commandments, and it is the second tablet of the Ten Commandments, as it's sometimes called. And this is strictly, these commandments are strictly on how we treat others. Now one thing I want to point out here is when Jesus deals with an an, an individual, he deals with the individual. He goes straight for the heart of the matter, and that is what he is doing here. Those commandments, then how we treat other people, there's actually six of them, but he actually um, combines two, and they're the covet ones, and he changes it to you shall not defraud. Now that too probably has something very specific to this man. And of course, the man answers In verse 20, teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. And he probably believes that. He is sincere. But again, Jesus has already started steering the conversation in one direction. And he is dealing with this individual. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Now this is... This is one of the things I love about the Gospels. And don't let anyone tell you that because things don't perfectly line up that they're not true because it's the farthest thing from the truth. See, when when these people sit down and they write the Gospels, they are writing not only the stories of Jesus, but they are writing how they saw it unfold. And more importantly, how it affected their lives. And so you'll see certain gospels point out different details in, different, in, in the same story because it specifically impacted that person a certain way. We see that with John in the gospel of John. See, before John was called a son of thunder, he was a hothead. In fact, he, he when A village didn't accept the teachings of Jesus. He asked Jesus to call down fire and kill everyone in that village. Now you fast forward to the gospel of John. John is actually from um, later on known as the apostle of love. And in the gospel of John, you see that love worked out time and time again. Because that is how Jesus affected and changed John's life. We also see that here in Mark's because Mark is a traveling companion to Peter. So where Mark gets his stories, what he is writing down is from the perspective of Peter. Peter is our lovable, act now, think later type of person. And from cutting off a guy's ear that Jesus has to grab and and you know glue it back on with, I don't know, <clears throat> to um, speaking out a turn in the, in the transfiguration, to all of these incidences where, where Peter just goes and ruins the moment and blows up and does something stupid. Peter knows that look because Peter received that look over and over and over and like it says, it was a look of love. And I'm so thankful that Jesus looks at me that way as well. Because every time I mess up, every time I speak out of turn, every time I don't get it, Jesus looks at me with love. The one thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have And give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. The decision to follow Jesus was going to cost him. And again... Jesus is dealing with this individual, and with this individual, his wealth sat in the place where Jesus was supposed to take up. He's not bad because he's rich. He just trusts in his wealth more than he trusts in Jesus, especially in that moment. And we all, we all have that. It may not be in our riches, but there's something that fights for that place in our hearts. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? And this is a blanket statement. His riches are no longer tagged to us, so this is, this is at all of us. Because if it's not our riches, again, it's something. Something is keeping us from fully selling out and fully following Jesus. The disciples were amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And that is the good news. That no matter what junk we are dealing with, what obstacles we have in our way, he is constantly there and fighting for us. And then then Peter Peter gets that look once again. Verse 28, he said, Peter spoke up. We have left everything to follow you. Thank you, Peter. Thank you for lifting yourself up at someone else's expense. Thank you for speaking out a turn again. Thank you for making yourself feel higher than everyone else in that moment. Verse 29, truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one has left home or brothers or sisters, mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel. will fail to receive a hundred times as much in the present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields. Now this may sound a little weird to us and we may think, is Jesus acts asking us to walk away from our families? From, no, it's a little different now than it was then. And actually, it's different in many different places in the world today as it was then. Because in some of these situations, Your whole society is built around your religion. Your whole family is built around your religion. So when you choose to follow Jesus, you are giving up your entire family, everything that you've ever had to follow Jesus. We don't have that here, at least for the most part. But there's plenty of other things that are in our way, especially here in America. Then he adds, along with persecutions. Following Jesus is not easy. Truly, following Jesus is not easy. And there's going to be times where we feel like we get punished for it. But what what Jesus is doing here is he's calling you to a life full of joy, full of peace, and full of mission. He is calling you to a life of everything that you were built for. So what do we do with this? Where do we go now? And the first part is easy. It's for the church as a whole. What is taking Jesus' place in the church? Especially here. I've got an idea. Comfort. See, it's comfortable to come in here week after week for one hour and then go home and never have to think about what happens in this room again. But hey, we're doing what Christians do, right? And we go back to this rich young ruler, and the reason why he was so far off, the reason why he couldn't understand where Jesus is going is because his relationship was not a relationship at all. It was a checklist. He had a checklist when in fact he needed a heart change. But it's easy to follow a list of rules. It's easy to know that you're showing up here once a week or you're even going to a couple Bible studies. It is easy to wanna come in here and feel like you've got the music you want and the carpets like you want and everything that makes you comfortable is happening in this room. When it's harder for a church to be the church. It's harder to let him change your heart and then from there you get to be used by him to live a life on mission, and I'm talking about us together. But it also goes for us individually. So I'm gonna ask you, what is taking that place in your heart where Jesus should be sitting? What is standing in the way of you living a fulfilled life that is only on mission, only for his kingdom. And that doesn't mean you have to walk away from your family. That doesn't mean you have to walk away. All that means is he takes his proper place in your life as Lord. We can bow our heads and close our eyes. I would take a few minutes right now and and go to him. Find out, ask him to search your heart, to find out what that is that is in his way, what is holding you back. closed is there anyone right now who needs to move some objects Lord we thank you we thank you that you you are we thank you that you are always right next to us. Lord, when we can't see what is vying for your place in our hearts, Lord, we thank you that you're there to gently point it out. Lord, we ask you to search us all, search this church and us individually. Lord, remove any obstacle that we have that keeps us from fulfilling what it is you have called us to. Lord, we want to be world changers. We thank you and we love you. And it's in Jesus' name, amen.